He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's post-life crisis. Welcome to John's post-life crisis. I am John Johnston, founder of CornNation.com, your Nebraska Cornhusker site of wondering about basketball season. Let's not wonder too long. Today we're joined by Christopher Novak, site manager of Team Speed Kills, the SB Nation site that represents all of the SEC conference and all of its evil. Hmm. And we're here today to talk about the upcoming title game between Alabama and Ohio State. Christopher, why don't you give us an introduction about yourself and, and how you got to be, how you came to the dark side and and chose evil over light and goodness. And <laughs> Yeah, so um, originally I'm from New Jersey. Um, I grew up in a town of, called Bridgewater. It's about 45 minutes from New York City, about an hour and a half from Philadelphia. It's kind of right in the middle of the state of New Jersey. And I know that, you know, I, I recognize this is a Nebraska site. Um, and I know this may, you know, rattle a few cages. I, I went to Mizzou. Um, I, I graduated there in 2015. I started there in 2010. Um, so the last two years that they were there, um, you know, they weren't so – the one year wasn't so pleasant in 2010. Uh, Roy Hulu still gives me a little bit of nightmares. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that'll, that'll probably uh, pop the crowd here. Uh, but, you know, uh, they, they went to the SEC in 2012. And, you know, from, from there, you know, I, I, I'd always – it, it was, it's an interesting thing for me with college football growing up in the Northeast. It really wasn't as popular as college hoops was. Um, and I myself wasn't so catered to it, but I had watched the Ohio state Miami national championship game in 2002, 2003. And that kind of turned me onto the sport. And from there, it was kind of off to the races. I started playing, you know, the NCAA football games. Um, I started, you know, being more into the sports. I joined some message boards and whatnot, not like, you know, anything like, you know, um, orange bloods or anything i was on like uh i talked about it on some sport forums and you know some uh some I igm boards as well um so you know I, I got more immersed in by the time i was you know at mizzou i was really into it um and i've continued on that way and i wanted to write about it so how i got to team speak kills um the old site manager brandon uh, i believe his last name is larabee i hope i didn't butcher that he was looking for uh some writers in the fall of 2013 and i had did i had done some fan posts there first uh for basketball and then that kind of took off from there i was there for two years and then back in 2016 i believe it was yeah the summer of 2016 i had taken the reins as site manager of team speed kills and since then you know I've, i've had a blast writing for them and running the site Okay, so you're you went to Mizzou and you're in the SEC, which makes you like doubly evil, evil squared. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, so a little when, all over the place. You know, I was going to start with the national title game, but uh, I I do want to. What did you think about Mizzou's transition to the SEC? I mean, Nebraska went off and joined the Big Ten, and we got became part of this oh my God, we're the best academics ever. And we care about all the student athletes and, and you guys went off and joined the SEC. I mean, that had to be culture shock for you too, or not. Yeah. You know, it was, it was interesting. Um, I think that there were people who wanted Mizzou to join the big 10 uh, from out there. Cause there were a lot of people, you know, 
Mizzou gets a lot of um, enrollees and students from Chicago and everything. So there's always a lot of people there who, you know, have Illinois roots or Northwestern roots and whatnot. Um, but, you know, when they when they joined the SEC, I, didn't, I think people, uh, myself included, were a little skeptical on how they would be able to transition just because, you know, it, by then, you know, the SEC was entering its its prime as, you know, the, the top conference in America. And, you know, I, I don't know if Mizzou was necessarily, at least from the outsider perspective, was necessarily built for that. But they obviously, they, they proved some people wrong in year two and year three when they went to the SEC title game. Since then, it's been, you know, a little skittish and whatnot. But I think all things considered, it's been a pretty beneficial move for them. I don't think there's really any regret there. There's no real buyer's remorse. Um, and obviously under Eli Drinkwitz, their first year um, this past season, they did what they could and they, they showed some, some promise and prowess offensively. Defensively, you know, they had Nick Bolton and other players. They did pretty well. So, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how I viewed it from my perspective. Is there was a little bit of skepticism and doubt, but they were able to get over that hump. And now they're just kind of, you know, looking for that, that next step that they need to take. Okay, for the purposes of this episode, you have to represent Alabama. Do you feel comfortable doing that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have to start with this question. Do the Alabama people scare the living shit out of you? <laughs> honestly, honestly, you know, from what I've dealt with, they've been pretty easygoing. You got you to gotta, you gotta know, you know what to say, because even as a, as, a, as a conference blog, you have to try and play to everybody. You can't be too heavily heavily lenient towards one side because then you'll upset one fan base and then another fan base could get upset. So you got to try and play things as even as even Steven as possible. Wow. So my, I, I imagine, you know, I try to be fair to most of the rest of the Big Ten. No, I really don't. I, I hate Iowa. And, I mean, they, they took your place as the black and gold team to hate. Well, Colorado too, but you know what I mean? Iowa, everybody hates them. Anyway, do you think that Ohio State, let's get right into the national title stuff. Do you think Ohio State has any chance of beating Alabama? I do think they have a chance, but I think the two things are going to need to happen. One, they're going to need to win the battles up front. Um, Obviously, Bama has a really strong line on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I think Ohio State is going to have to try and tame the beasts on their O-line and defensively trying to, you know, pressure and get to Mac Jones and whatnot. And number two, I think they're going to need another really, really great outing from Justin Fields. Fields, of course, you know, he had that great game against Clemson. He was a bit banged up during it, but he still was able to perform tremendously against the Tigers. Um, So if Ohio State's to win, I think those two things need to happen. But because I think that they do have the talent, and the horses to be able to keep up with Bama's top flight offense. You know, you have Chris Olave, you have Trey Sermon, Fields himself is great. Um, and, you know, the, there's other assortment of talent, talented players that they have. But, you know, obviously you go down the list with Bama, you have Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, um, you know, Miller Forrestal, their tight end, as well as John Mechie. You know, I, I could go on and on and on right now, but yeah. <laughs> It, it's, it's really all about, I think, those two things, fields and winning in the trenches. What do you – has anybody put pressure on Mac Jones all season? It hasn't seemed that way. Bama's O-line has been able to keep him really clean. There hasn't really been a situation where they've been able to, you know, 
where they've had to really fight. They get out to big leads. Their, their toughest matchup in the first half was against Georgia. Interestingly enough, that was the last time that they also um, weren't able to cover a first-half spread. They've covered every spread since then, so they just jump out to big leads, and then they're just able to you know keep either keep the foot on the gas or just you know stalwart these other teams. And this obviously this is this is not you know one of the it's it's just, it's a talented defense obviously, but this isn't you know the the defenses of the early 2010s. This is an offensive lenient team that just gets out to big leads. And then they just, you know, they continue to kill you with talent every every time that they're on the field. So when you, when you watch Najee Harris play, I don't know what to compare him to because to me he just he's a freak. He's a, I know that Smith won the Heisman, but I, when I watch Harris play, I think it's like watching a Marvel superhero. It's it's like not fair. It's almost like he's not human, and. Has anybody been able to slow him down? I know he's only part of the offense, but I don't – has anybody stopped him? Anybody held him in check at all? Yeah, I, I mean, Harris has been – Harris has been awesome. He's been a touchdown machine this year. He's got over 20. He's got 24, actually, to be precise. Um, I mean, his lowest output was 46 yards against Arkansas, but they still were able to win 52-3 to in that game. Um, and then 43 yards against AM, but they still blew out AM by 28 points. So even when he's tamed, it's like it doesn't matter just because of everyone else that they have. But yeah, Harris is Harris is pretty ridiculous. Um, that hurdle that he had against Notre Dame made me loudly yelp, um, audibly, audibly so. Um, he, he's just he's turned himself into a really, really good player. Another, you know, one in a long line of great Alabama backs and I think that the only thing that would worry me about him going into the future is just how many touches he's had. He's going to probably finish with almost 700 by the time he leaves college, which is a lot to say the very least. Um, And that includes carries and receptions, but doesn't seem to be slowing him down against college competition. That's for sure. All right. And Matt Jones, we talked about whether or not anybody's been able to get to him. Is there any weaknesses in him? Anything? I mean, he's not a mobile quarterback, but he is. No, a... he's he's kind of yeah, he he's kind of you know the quint a, a good quintessential QB uh, for Bama, but I think he's he's a little bit more elevated than the guys that they had you know in the early 2010s like AJ McCarron and Blake Sims um, and Jake Coker. Um, he's he's been able to be really proficient. His completion percentage, you know, is is up there. He's got 36 TDs to just four, four interceptions, thrown for over 4,000 yards, second most passing yards in the country. And nearly, you know, every game, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same. He'll complete a high volume of passes. He'll throw for a lot of yards. He'll play clean games in terms of not committing turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just been, he's been terrific for them, really. He's and obviously, he's no two attack of Iloa, but no one really is, so. <laughs> And, and Smith, why is he, why did he, obviously the output was there with Smith. Why did he win the Heisman trophy? Just because of output or is he, he, I guess when I watch him, he doesn't strike me as an elite athlete per se, but then again, he makes all these plays. What, what makes him special? He Smith will not wow you with his explosiveness like a Jalen Waddle would be. Um, but he is just so technically sound. He's a, he's a smooth route runner. 
he he'll you know he'll do every he's everything that you need like for for tangibles for wide receivers he can do you know like he he won't blow you away with his speed and his explosiveness but he will beat you on routes he will get separation and when he gets the ball he'll be able to you know it's there's a difference between you know they, they say it all the time there's speed there's game speed you know he, his 40 might not be you know up in the ele- the elevated when the combine comes around but he'll beat you on the field and that's really all that matters yeah i i get why you you wouldn't necessarily be wowed by him but everything that he does technically from a technical standpoint is just amazing so i think that's so, part of why he was able to win the heisman and really you know after they lost waddle he was able to step up and just be the cog in the offense they didn't they really didn't lose a step without him so which says a lot i think not only just about the the raw talent that Bama has, but just the, the kind of special talent that Smith is that he was able to so, shoulder that load and just, you know, break away from the pack and just, you know, become the first Heisman winner who was a receiver since Desmond Howard back in 91. So you mentioned Waddle, uh, Jalen Waddle. Is he going to play? Yeah, I, I've been seeing whispers about that. I think that would be insane to be honest, but his, his teammates are saying that he looks good in practice. You know, I mean, if, if he was to play, that would be pretty amazing considering how bad his injury looked earlier this year. Um, but I mean, if that happens, I, I know I said before that, they, that Ohio state does have the horses, but like, I don't know how, how capable he would be, but Waddle would do enough, I think to garner attention from the defense, from the defense of Ohio state to, you know, prove to be effective in that regard. So that no, nobody talks that much about Alabama's defense. It, is, that's just because the offense has been so prolific or their defense isn't as good as it's been in the past. Or, I mean, they've given up points throughout the year, but. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, you know, this, this obviously is not the defense of the past from, and they're still, they're still, you know, in the top 15 in points per game allowed. Um, they're still they're still doing some good things on, on defense and whatnot. Um, I think an area where you know there's quote unquote weakness is you know how many yards they give up um, on the ground, which is over which is about a little over 110. But they're still only allowing 3.2 yards per carry, which is a big strength. They're only allowing five yards per play as well. Um, so those are some some good you know deeper numbers there. And you know while they have you know the the defensive prowess of other teams, there's still obviously a lot of talent there. There's linebacker Christian Harris, um, Dylan Moses, who's been going through a lot um, in his road to recovery. I know he had had a uh, really emotional Instagram post that he had posted the other day about, you know, his his struggles and his road back here and how this year has been really trying for him. Um, and, you know, obviously they have Patrick Sertan II, who's going to be an NFL cornerback cor- next year. He did amazing work in the Notre Dame game, helping to keep, you know, them pretty much out of the passing game as well as their other DBs that they have. So, yeah, I think this is a, this is obviously a step below the typical Bama defense, but there's, they're still doing enough to be able to get by and, you know, still ranking in those top percentiles in uh, yards per play and points per game allowed. So when, when have you looked at Ohio state very much? from a standpoint of looking at their players and what you think about them as a football team. Um, could, could you repeat that real quick? Sorry about that. 
Have you looked at Ohio State very much? I mean, what did your position on Ohio State? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've watched them a few times. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily like blown away by what they did in the Big Ten title game. But I think that that was a case where, you know, they were they were shorthanded. They were without Olave. And I know people were, you know, going doing the most in terms of, you know, you know, saying what they were do- saying about uh, Justin Fields and whatnot. But, you know, I, I think that this is this is a team that you have to really kind of measure with, you know, what you what you see in terms of their their raw talent that they have. They may not have been able to show it because of the short shortened season, um, but this this is a really good and capable team. So let's go on that track for a couple of questions. Dabo Sweeney made a big deal about Ohio State not playing mm-hmm. that many games, and he didn't think they should be there. Uh, and he ranked them eleventh, and <laughs> you know they kind of kicked his butt. Do you think that he made that big a deal because he didn't want to see Ohio State in the playoffs, or do you think that he had a legitimate gripe? You know, I think that he he may have had a legitimate gripe, um, but you know, this was a season where you know the the committee had made up their mind from the start. It seemed like, and they weren't going to change it. So I think that you know everything else just kind of falls short. So it kind of it kind of just is what it is, really. Okay, from a guy who's not in the Big Ten and looks at our conference, kind of like I, well, maybe not how I look at the SEC because I think you're all insane. I don't know. Maybe you think that about the Big Ten. You know? Yeah. No. I. I mean, I'm. I like I said. I. I try and look at everything. You know, on a on a pretty level playing field. To be honest. <laughs> okay, the Big Ten changed the rule to allow Ohio State to get into the Big Ten championship game. Do you think that was a bad, good, indifferent? You know, I, I think it obviously I don't I don't know if necessarily there should have been a season in general, just because of how things have played themselves out. Um, but it, it was to be expected to see the power brokers of the Big Ten continue to try and move the goalposts because they, they like the committee, they look out for themselves. They look out to, you know, serve their own interests. So if the Big Ten wanted to do that, you know, it, it, it may look sour to everybody else, but from their perspective, you know, like, I, I get it. I understand. It, it kind of just is what it is. There's nothing really like anybody can really do about it if they're just going to go about their business that way, I feel. If I make this statement, Nebraska brought back Big Ten football. (laughs) React to that. (laughs) Uh, That's, you know, that's, they've they've been the butt of every joke this year. So, I mean, it it, it is a humorous statement to me. So, but but that is what it is. You don't think it's true? (laughs) I do. I'm trying to drag you into this abyss. Uh, you're, you're not going willingly. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. Uh, what else we got? What else can we say about Alabama versus Ohio State? Any any kind of prediction? Yeah. Well, let's let's do this. Yesterday there was a brief moment in time on Twitter, in which there was a rumor or a tweet or somebody said that Ohio state had COVID issues and was looking at delaying the game. And of course, Twitter explodes with, Mm -hmm. they're just wanting, they're making excuses. So Justin Fields can heal. 
uh, apparently Nick Saban's daughter got yeah. in on the action. Yeah. I, talk about that. Explain your position on that for a bit. That was, that was a whole mess. Um, I think that, you know, that was, that was wrong of, um, of that person to say. Um, Cause you know, clearly there was immediate backlash and then there was immediate backlash to that woman's apology. Um, so yeah, I, my, my position was that was just a, a wrong thing to say, but that was, that was a whole mess that just, you know, built, billowed out of control. It was so quick. It was like a flash. I mean, it happened yeah. and like an hour later it was, it was over and done. And, you know, <laughs> that's the thing about Twitter. If you're not there, uh, you're missing stuff, which I think yep. possibly sometimes isn't such a bad thing if you just let things go by, but uh, it certainly is fun being there. <laughs> when stuff like that happens all right should i should i make you do a prediction sure well have at um i will say that ohio state will be able to keep up with um bama for probably the first half but then i think that bama is going to be able to pull away i see it being score of about 38 28 in favor of alabama and then they win the national championship Okay, one of the jokes I've made this year is that Alabama, if they win this game, they're going to they're going to claim ten national titles <laughs> because this year has felt like a decade. We all know that Alabama just claims national titles, yep, kind of like yep, uh, yep. <laughs> any validity to this. Yeah, claiming ten claiming ten national titles. Yep. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to say in defense of Alabama that I haven't brought up? Uh, no, I mean, you've, we, we pretty much touched every base here. I, I, from the Ohio State guys, I'll, I'll tell you this, from the Ohio State guy, and I'll do an interview with him hopefully tomorrow morning, uh, one of the Ohio State guys that I stay in touch with to try to figure out what's going on with the Buckeyes. I think if you looked at them when they have bad games – uh, an example is Purdue, like I think last year, well, whatever, Purdue killed them, slaughtered them. Iowa slaughtered them both years, kept them from the national title games. And I, if you look at what went wrong in those Ohio State games, uh, they kind of, they had a targeting penalty called on one of their players, Chase Young, I think it was, in one of those games, and things just spun out of control. Uh penalties when they do poorly they they start it's like something the bottom falls out for them and they start committing penalties after penalties after penalties um and those i believe those things happened under urban meyer ryan day is a little bit different of a coach i think he's more even keeled than urban meyer is i i think that they made the right choice in in having him take over that program because <sighs> they, they're just going to stay the juggernaut. One more thing before I go. When we look at these two conferences, uh, there was a statement made by a lot of national people that said the Big Ten was down this year. For me personally, that that what that means is these are writers who look at Penn State and Michigan to be top mm -hmm. teams, and both those teams were terrible this year. Northwestern had an incredible defense, and nobody is ever going to give nerds any credit whatsoever. Yeah. But when we look at these two conferences, I mean, you have Ohio State and everybody else in the Big Ten. 
you have Alabama and you really have everybody else in the SEC or is that not true? Because you constantly, you see like Kellen Mond make a tweet, quarterback for Texas A&M, make a tweet yep. that Ohio State couldn't go through the SEC without a loss. I, I think that that is overblown. Your position on that. What do you, is the SEC top to bottom that much better than everybody? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely some perception biases at play. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, and that's not to say that I think the SEC is, you know, on the whole overrated. There's obviously some great programs there. Um, but, you know, you, you you look at, you know, at, at the at the teams in the conference, there's certain teams that, you know, have, have, have their peaks and they've hit them. And there's other teams that kind of, you know, just coast and that go on by. They're maybe expected to do a little more and then they don't. And then there's teams that just, you know, lie in the bottom and, would they be better than, you know, the, the worst of the Big Ten? It's hard to say because they don't match up that often. But, you know, I, I think that, I think that you know, you need to try and look, look at things as fairly as possible. Um, and I think that, you know, the SEC is just as many, you know, I, I don't want to call them bot, necessarily bottom feeders. But there's, there's just as much teams that, that struggle as much as the, the teams of the Big Ten do. And, you know, I think it's if there's definitely a, a, a bias at play just based on, you know, how things have played out over the years with all the SEC teams winning national championships. The conference was able to, you know, strike good deals to be, you know, get exposure to the masses. The only game on CBS every week. ESPN is always touting them and whatnot, putting them in primetime spots. The Big Ten, you know, they have Fox and they have um, they have the ESPN games, too. But, you know it's there's obviously a difference in how you know those messages are be are able to be sent and i think that it's fool it's foolish to say otherwise and i'm not saying there's like a conspiracy or anything like that but every every conference and every network they have their own agendas and they have you know their own ways of touting them and, and putting over teams and you know getting through that as well like i mean in this in the case of like georgia and florida being in the top 10 and being ahead of a team like cincinnati i know georgia was able to best Cincinnati but Florida they're a they were a really good squad it's not to diminish them but like they lost to one of the worst LSU teams in recent memory and they were still ahead of a team like Cincinnati who was able quite frankly if they don't fold to Georgia they would have won and they played you know round for round with a team that not only is one of the best in the SEC in terms of you know the, the blue chip ratio of how much how much raw talent there is on that team they're one of the top three teams in the country in that regard. And they were able to hang with them. And I think that says a lot about them. And that's, I think that's obvious more just bias in play and, you know, big 10 teams probably wouldn't get that benefit of the doubt. Okay. So since we'll stay with the sec, the, the conference, mm -hmm. who scares you more as a fan base, Florida or Texas A&M? <laughs> Texas A&M is definitely one of the louder ones. I would say I, because me personally, I didn't think that they really had much of a, a claim to the, you know, the fourth spot because they got housed by Alabama anyway by 28. And I know that they did win all those SEC games, but I knew better than, you know, I, I needed to play it kind of evenly there. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, let me, I'll, I'll say whatever I want on my own personal account. On the TSK account, I'll just, I'll just retweet things. I'll just do what I got to do. So that's, that's what I'm getting at. You have to toe this line between mm -hmm. all these people. Which ones are you most afraid in the SEC conference that will actually show up at your door? <laughs> um, you know, I, 
obviously, and this is, I guess, no surprise. I've enjoyed communicating with Mizzou people. Um, I find that Tennessee people have been pretty easygoing despite their struggles over the years. Um, I find that, um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I've had no real issues with the, with the Bama and Auburn people and even Auburn people either. Um, Georgia, they're, they're pretty okay. I think they're mostly, they're mostly frustrated with their current situation and I don't necessarily blame them for wanting more. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't wait to, I don't wait as much as I want to in basketball, but I'd imagine, you know, if that were, that, that were the case, I probably have to deal with more Kentucky fans. Um, and I haven't really felt their wrath ever. Uh, so that, that is what it is there though. So. All right. Anything else, anything else you want to say to mostly Nebraska fans? <laughs> um, Do you miss you know, us? I'll, I'll be honest. Even as, you know, someone who was a, you know, it's a Mizzou graduate. If there ever is an opportunity, I would love to go to Lincoln. I would love to go to Memorial stadium. I would love to watch a game there. It seems like it's a good time. The crowds always seem very lively. I've honestly, and I honest, I went to um, school. There were two people from my, or who were on my floor who were from Nebraska. One was from Omaha. The other was from around the Lincoln area. She had um, people who were, you know, volleyball players in Nebraska as well as friends and or uh, siblings as well. So I've, I've had good interactions with them and I've always kind of, you know, looked at Nebraska's like, oh, cool, this, this would be a fun spot to, to watch a game um, go down. So, and, you know, in, in addition to that, I've had, you know, encounters with people from, uh, from Creighton uh, through my work through the uh, Big East uh, basketball website for SB Nation as well. So I've always wanted to go there too um, for a hoops game. So Nebraska's always just been kind of state that, you know, there, there's reasons for me to get there. I just haven't been able to, even while being in Missouri right now. All right. Well, we're going to go. And uh, I have never, you know, one of the things I, I took like a week and a half off of doing interviews. So I'm already getting rusty and I'm never good at closings anyway, but uh, I think we'll end it there. And this has been John's post-life crisis with Christopher Novak of teamspeedkills.com the SEC conference site you want to go to to check out what's going on in that conference full of really reasonable human beings from what we found out today. So thank you for listening, and I hope you all having fun. Take care and go Big Red.